Welcome to the Maryland Baseball Network Podcast. Here's your host, Aaron Arnstein. Welcome to episode 91 of the Maryland Baseball Network Podcast, where I am pleased to be joined by the radio voice of Husker Baseball, Ben McLaughlin, to talk some Husker Baseball ahead of the big weekend series with the Terps. How are we doing today, Ben? I'm not too bad, man. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So I want to start back kind of with expectations coming into the season. I know Nebraska is a team that's had a lot of success in the past, making regionals four of the past five seasons, excluding 2020, coming into last season. Uh, and I have to think that finishing 10-14 and 14 in the conference last year was not what the program was expecting. So with that being said, what were the expectations coming into the season for this team? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, coming into the year, uh, I, I wasn't sure what to expect, if I'm being perfectly honest. There was so many new parts to uh, Nebraska's team from last year to this year, you know, replacing your entire starting rotation, you know, losing some of the back end of your bullpen, and then, you know, having to rely on, you know, players, everyday starters that you've never seen in a uniform before. Um, I think we're north of 20 new players on the roster. So, you know, I didn't have a great feel for, um, you know, who we were even going to see in an opening day lineup, let alone what a record may look like. So, um, you know, of all the years I've, I've been doing this, I this was by far the the team that had the most curiosity, I think, coming into the season. Um, and then the guys that we were, you know, going to have to lean on pretty heavily didn't have stellar years last year, that being, you know, Max Anderson and Bryce Matthews, who are obviously having tremendous years this year. But, um, you know, between those two and, you know, a guy like Josh Karen, who's then going to go to our everyday catcher, they're expecting a major step forward from him. Uh, but he only started in a handful of games last year. So there was just so much new that it was it, any expectation put on the team probably would have been unfair because, you know, I don't think anybody had any idea what to expect, you know, when it comes to, you know, on-field performance with this group. And then fast-forwarding to the last two weeks or so, I know the team's been struggling a bit, getting swept by Iowa and then dropping a midweek to South Dakota State. What do you think ha has led to the, the Huskers' recent struggles? Yeah, I think, you know, other than the first weekend when they didn't win a game against San Diego, went 0-3-1 out there, Nebraska hadn't lost a weekend series. So you kind of felt like it was going to come at some point. You know, anybody that's been around this sport long enough knows that Baseball is full of a season of ups and downs. Um, the good the good teams and the great teams just find a way to to manage the highs a little longer and cut the lows, you know, to not that long. You know, maybe it's a game, maybe it's two games, maybe it's a, a one series, and then and then they put the, the lid on it there and start to play better ball. Um, but for Nebraska, we weren't quite sure how long the the downswing was was gonna last. Um, you know, they they played an Iowa team that played really good baseball. They pitched it really, really well. Um, they didn't make any mistakes defensively, and they came up with really timely hits against Nebraska. They didn't get a lot of hits, but the ones they got were always in big situations with guys on base and guys guys in scoring position that, you know, gave them the, the edge in that series. And then, um, you know, the South Dakota State game was a, was a bit puzzling because the day before – Nebraska played a really competitive game with UNO with Nebraska Omaha, who has given Nebraska problems this year. And I think they played one of the more complete games they played all year. So you thought maybe that game would kind of pull them out from, from under the rug. Uh, but then you have a really disappointing effort on Wednesday against SDSU to kind of take one step forward, two steps back. So, you know, hopefully the weekend with Minnesota 
um, helped get the mind right, scoring a bunch of runs and having the starting pitchers pitch well. Um, so hopefully they've they've turned it around. But I guess we won't really know until the game with the Bison tonight and, and obviously heading over to Maryland this weekend. And, you know, <clears throat> we mentioned the struggles uh, and then going ahead, looking towards the game tonight. And of course, the top 25 uh, matchup against Maryland. What's the mood around the team right now? I think they're feeling better about themselves after what they did against Minnesota. They they really let Friday night against the Gophers slip away. You know, they had a, a relatively um, safe lead in the middle innings. Uh, they fought from behind, took the lead, and then, you know, Minnesota scores five runs in the ninth inning uh, to basically steal that one from Nebraska. The Huskers ended up having the winning run at the plate with two outs on that Friday night, but uh, weren't able to come through. So they felt like they had one slip right through their fingers on Friday, but then answered on Saturday and Sunday with decisive wins, 18 nothing on Saturday, and, you know, really took it to the Gophers again on Sunday. So, you know, I think they're feeling certainly feeling better than they did a week ago, but, you know, I think we're kind of entering the week with um, maybe some, some reservations about where they are. You don't want to just say that they're back or, you know, they're playing as well as they were, you know, at the beginning of the season, but, I, I definitely think they're in a better stage mentally than than what they were this time a week ago when we weren't entirely sure what to expect when when they hit the field. And they, and they know this week's going to be a big challenge. Now, what's puzzling to me is when you look at the stats, you can definitely make a case that Nebraska is the best team in the Big Ten. They're the best fielding team, best fielding percentage, least amount of errors, second lowest ERA, top two in home runs, total bases, uh, only behind Maryland in those two categories. So what am I missing here? What's what's the reason the stats don't match up to the record? The funny thing is we had this exact conversation yesterday. And to take <laughs> it a step further, Nebraska is the only Power 5 team in college baseball to be ranked in the top 50 in both offense, defense, and pitching. It, it's, it's, it's bizarre that... Yeah, really, the only team? Yeah. I mean, uh, look, look at LSU, I mean, Arkansas... Oh all the top teams, Nebraska is the only one. And so, you know, you talk about that disconnect and you do, you, you dive a little bit deeper and, and Nebraska's had some games this year where they scored loads of runs, you know, anywhere from 15 to 20 plus. And then they've had some games where they've really struggled to score. So I think that that is a little bit of the anomaly with, with the offense and, and how it kind of balances out to, you know, whatever ends up being seven runs a game or whatever it is. Um, is because you've had a lot of games with 15 plus runs, and then you've had a lot of games with less than five. And and so I think it, you know, in, in 52% of the games or whatever it is, Nebraska's scored um, you know, over half their runs. So it's it's really kind of a weird stat there offensively, very boomer bust. And then on the mound, it's just been a, a weird wave to follow. Nebraska's bullpen was just atrocious the first couple months of the season um, really having a hard time trusting anybody out of the pen and letting up some big leads. Um, but the starting pitching started out really well. And now the, 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 up until last weekend, the tables really turned to where Nebraska's starters were really struggling. I think the starting pitching didn't last six innings um, combined in the three games against Iowa. So, you know, to not get six innings out of your starters for the entire weekend, I mean, let alone one guy, but for the entire weekend, that's a lot of load to carry for your bullpen. But the bullpen's been pitching much better. So they've kind of taken their turns struggling. Um, now, obviously, this, the weekend against Minnesota went much better. All three starters had quality starts and the bullpen pitched well. So I think, you you, you know, you kind of look at some things there that maybe they've started to turn a corner. And then defensively, 
you know, I think Bryce Matthews, our shortstop, has committed uh, in the neighborhood of 90% of our errors. Like he he's obviously piled them up at shortstop, but I think there's only four other guys on the team with a recorded error this year. So, um, you know, they've played really clean defense, but it's been when the errors have happened that's really hurt in the last couple of weeks, you know, really in some crucial situations. It's not the number of errors. It's more of when they've happened. So if I could explain it <laughs> as best I could, that would be the explanation. But I don't know that there is an explanation to come up with statistically how the record and the season statistics just don't match up. Hmm. That's that's really interesting. Now, sh- shifting over to the offensive side of things, <clears throat> you mentioned Matthews and Anderson. Um, you know, who, who are some of the big hitters to watch on this team? Yeah, I mean, Bryson and, and Max, they're two potential All-Americans that get a lot of the love, and rightfully so. I mean, Max is one of the best college baseball hitters I've I've seen, not just in terms of power or, or average, but just the, if he makes contact with the ball, it's pretty rare that it's not hit hard somewhere. I mean, he just constantly on the barrel. Bryce has done a really good job developing as a hitter. He's really cut down the strikeout numbers. His power numbers have kind of emerged out of nowhere. You know, it's not often your leadoff hitter leads your team in homers, RBIs, stolen bases, and on-base percentage. I mean, it's pretty rare to have a leadoff guy that had that does all that. Um, but then outside of that, I think Casey Burnham moving up to the two-hole was a, a genius move by the coaches. Um, you know, he was batting in the nine spot for a lot of the year, but he's getting on base so much. You know, his offensive numbers aren't going to blow you away. He's hitting in the low 320s last I checked just one home run on the year, decent base stealer, but he gets on base a ton. And anytime you can get on base in front of Max Anderson, good things usually happen. Gabe Swanson's emerged out of nowhere, you know, to think he has 13 home runs on the year. Um, This is a a walk-on former player of the year in the state of Iowa that um, Nebraska's like, yeah, sure. We'll give you a shot. He's made the team, uh, made the team last year, did some great work to his body and, you know, really crushing the ball right now. I think he's over 300 now with his average after last week. And then, you know, the, the other guys that that are just kind of taking their turns, and that would be, you know, Garrett Anglum, who missed uh, over a month with a hamstring injury. He was on absolute fire to start the year, came up with a big – he had the big solo home run that beat Vanderbilt uh, up in Minneapolis in the Big Ten SEC Challenge, had a big – had the game-winning home run there. He's had a three-homer day in his career. I mean, he's really come through with some clutch – situations but coming back from the hamstring he's been a little bit slower to get going josh karen got out to a great start to the year really impressive looking kid as our catcher and then you you sprinkle in some other players that you know again have just kind of taken their turns with guys like charlie fisher graduate transfer from southern miss ben columbus juco transfer uh guy that again is just always on base and then you know cole evans there in the bottom of the lineup and then they have a true freshman named Dylan Carey that um, has been really consistent this year. Uh, you know, ups and downs like any typical college freshman, but he's come up with some huge hits recently and plays a great third base. So, um, you know, I think offensively, outside of Bryson and Max, guys just kind of take their turns stepping up. And, um, you know, it's it's nice to not have to rely on those two to do everything. Seems like a, a pretty potent lineup up and down. Now, Going from the hitting side to the pitching side, who are some of the arms that Terp fans should look out for this this weekend? Well, Emmett Olson is our Friday guy. He's uh, a left-hander who'll throw, you know, between 92 and 94 with a slider and a change. He'll mix in a curve every once in a while. But um, he's he was unbelievably consistent, you know, up until his last three starts. He was working past the fifth inning in every single one of those starts. 
Um, but you know, as any baseball player would tell you, it's hard to be good every time out. He's been roughed up a couple of times, you know, in, in the two starts, three starts before Minnesota got things straightened out a little bit, really had to bulldog his way through that start against the Gophers on Friday. Um, but ended up allowing four runs, three earned and in, in six innings of work. Um, so he's, he's our Friday guy. He's been really consistent. And then, uh, you know, Nebraska's Saturday and Sunday guys have been a bit of a mystery the last month. Jace Kaminska will likely get the ball on Saturday. Again, great start to the year, but he's been dealing with a shoulder injury. Um, so he missed a weekend in the rotation. He had his, uh, his really his first good start since coming back from that this last weekend. Uh, but anything, anything could go with him. There's, there's, you know, there's a, there's a chance he doesn't pitch. It's just kind of a, how he feels day by day situation. And then Nebraska's Sunday starter situation has just been a bit of a, a Rubik's cube all year as well. Will Walsh is a soft throwing lefty that's been given that spot, but out of the bullpen, you know, Nebraska has a lot of trust in Shea Shanneman. He's a fifth year senior. He's been here a long time. He's probably the go-to arm out of the pen for Nebraska. So those would probably be the names to watch. And I think, you know, as a staff, Nebraska understands the challenge ahead with what Maryland has offensively. And you mentioned uh, kind of some of the prizes or surprises or some of the unexpected pieces that have produced on the offensive side of thing. Are there any kind of more surprises on this season or for, for this season from this team? Uh, I think, you know, when I look at things right now, it's just, the surprise has been the midweek, you know, Nebraska has played really consistently for the most part outside of the Iowa series on the weekends. Um, but really losing to teams, they probably shouldn't in the midweek, especially the in-state rivals has always been a bit confusing. Um, and that's something that you can't afford to do when you're in the big 10 conference, when you're watching, you know, tournament resumes and at large bids, you really can't have a weakness uh, because we know how the committee loves to dissect teams in the Big Ten when it comes to, you know, the selection show and, and putting teams in regionals, any really glaring weakness. It almost seems like the committee looks for a reason to not put Big Ten teams in. Yeah. And so that's that's right now Nebraska's big black eye. And and that's been frustrating. And I think the team kind of understands right now that, you know, really their their only chance to get in is to to get hot in Omaha and 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 win the Big Ten tournament. But um, you know, as you know, looking up and down the Big Ten standings right now, you know, I think there's four or five teams that could still realistically win this thing uh, with Nebraska being one of them. And they know that if they don't play well this weekend, that that's that opportunity is likely going to be out the window. Now, what what would you say is this team's calling card this season? Yeah, I mean, I think hitting the power numbers, it's just that's not something any of us expected. The coaches would tell you the same thing. Um, the amount of home runs that they've hit, I think they're close to 75 as a team now. I'm, I'm not looking at the numbers, but if I had to guess, I would guess it's in the neighborhood of 75. Um, I think we all expected Max to hit for, hit some homers, Bryce as well. But, you know, when you look kind of up and down the rest of the lineup, I, I didn't expect other guys to hit that many. Um, and, and, th and that's been quite different. I think Nebraska expected to be a team that scored a decent amount of runs, but had to steal bases, hit and run, bunt to do it. I didn't know if they expect to – to hit the ball, the ballpark, you know, as, as often as they have, that's, that's been a bit of a surprise, but a pleasant surprise nonetheless. Um, but, but as I was mentioning before, it's, it's very much boomer bust, you know, with, with this offense, it's, it's, it's hardly a seven run consistent offensive output. It's usually a lot of runs scored or, or 
none or, or next to none scored. So, you know, that's that's been the whole key. The, the thing that Nebraska is able to do, you know, is they're able to hang up a big number up on the board. You know, no better example than the game on Sunday with Minnesota. I think they had one run through the first three innings and they put up an eight spot. So um, they can get up on you in a hurry. It's not an offense that's super fun to face when they have confidence, but that confidence has been hard to find the last couple of weeks. And, you know, we mentioned how they're how they're so good on, on all three facets of the game. Uh, you also talked about how they've struggled kind of on Saturday and Sunday with their with their weekend starters. Any other uh, big weaknesses that stand out to you about this Husker team? Uh, I think it's they've all just kind of taken their turns. You know, when you're in the top 50 and all those statistical categories, there's not just one thing that is is a consistent issue. You know, I think offensively, you know, the Iowa series was really frustrating. I understand they're the best pitching staff in the Big Ten, but Nebraska wasn't able to come up with really any big hits all weekend and were just on their heels, you know, from the first inning on. So that was a bit surprising. Um, you know, defensively, like I said, the errors of when they've happened have have been frustrating at times. And then not knowing what you're going to get out of your pitching staff on, on a given day. You know, it could be a starter. It could be a reliever. Um, you know, they've all taken their turns of really struggling. But when they've put it together, they're a really tough team to beat. The problem is, you know, putting all three of those facets together on the same day has been the challenge. And I think that's why the record is where it is right now. There's two more for you. Uh, one, what what do you think are, is going to be the key to success this weekend for the Huskers against the Terps? Well, Maryland's offense is is no joke. I mean, I think they're they're legitimate. They're, you know, obviously, you look at the names on that in that lineup, and there's a lot of familiar names that we've seen around for a long time. Um, you know, in Coach Vaughn's order, and I think they understand. Nebraska understands that. They understand what type of challenge is ahead. You know, if Nebraska is going to win any games this weekend, they've got to find a way to get outs consistently. And, you know, Maryland is going to get theirs. They're going to hit homers. They're going to hit gappers. But trying to prevent the big inning or like they did against Iowa, don't hit a guy and walk a guy and then let up the home run. You know, don't turn one run into three. That's going to be a big a big thing to keep an eye on this weekend is, you know, when Maryland gets their big hits, ideally they do it with nobody on base and and a couple guys out in the inning. That's going to be a big key, but if, if Nebraska is going to win, uh, they're going to have to do it hitting, you know, hitting the ball because this is a potent Maryland offense, as you know. And from what you've seen from Nebraska this season, uh, when they're at their best, what is this team ceiling? Uh, I mean, if you rewind to the weekend in Minnesota, you know, up, up there the third weekend of the year on the heels of sweeping South Alabama, if that, if that team is playing, they're scary. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to play them in a regional when they're playing at their best. When you get guys like Emmett Olson, um, Jace Kaminska, Will Walsh, that have all, you know, at their peak this year, you know, thrown really, really, really well on the weekends. You know, I think Nebraska has their bullpen situation figured out a little bit more than they did early in the season. Guys that they know they can trust. Um, they've had a couple of arms really emerge the last couple of weeks. That's been a big positive. Um, and, you know, Shea Shanneman, it, when he's at his best, you know, when he mowed through Vanderbilt for three innings to earn that save uh, and offensively, you know, going up against one of the best left-handed pitchers in baseball and Carter Holton and knocking him out in the fourth inning. You know, I think those those types of games, those types of, you know, efforts from their players could make them dangerous in a regional. Uh, but I don't know that they get that opportunity now at this point in the year. It's It's kind of up to them to figure out 
um, how the rest of their season goes starting this weekend. And Ben, in case our fans want to check out more more of your Husker baseball coverage, where can they find you on on social media? Yeah, they can find me uh, at Twitter at bmclaughlin4, and then obviously at Husker underscore baseball is where all of our team uh, content is. Tremendous social media uh, group that we have there, constantly putting out content, and I think that that's been you know as a as a whole as a league, one of the cool things about this year is. Um, you know, all the teams putting in resources into social media and making it fun to follow all the teams on Twitter um, and to see how they're doing and, and all that cool content. So um, that, that's been that's been really cool that that other teams are putting in the effort in college baseball. Yeah, I can definitely vouch for that. Watching some of the Huskers kind of weekend recap hype videos. Uh, very impressive. So definitely, definitely cool to watch. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Ben. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, hope to see you this weekend. It should be a fun one. Yeah, it should be. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Definitely. Definitely.